Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Holly, well, my episode is going to start with a little story back from when I was younger in my college days. Oh, good. Good, good. Sweet. I was feeling quite poorly when I went to sleep, and I was also under stress at the time, and like most college students, also very sleep deprived. Party all time. Yeah. I've always had a very vivid dream life, nightmares especially, but this was unlike anything I've ever experienced and nothing I ever want to experience again. Sounds scary. It's very scary. I couldn't tell what time it was, but the first thing I noticed was that I was on my back, fully awake, but couldn't move my body. Oh, no. No, thank you. My story today is on sleep paralysis oh yes um i know people that have experienced that and it's pretty it's pretty terrifying it's the scariest experience you will ever have i promise you with the exception of maybe plummeting to your death in an airplane crash but that's over pretty quick (laughs) unlike most college students i was lucky in that after my first semester with my roommate I was given a private dorm room. Ooh. How did you get so lucky? I know. That's another story. (laughs) Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. It's got a little darker twist to it. It it. does. (laughs) But at that moment when I woke up frozen, I really wished so badly I had my roommate. I kept asking myself silly questions like, can I blink? Yes. Can I move my tongue? Yes. Can I move my toes? No. My hands, no. My head, no. Then the full panic started as the air in my room was heavy and hot like a sauna or just like a normal day in Florida. But uh, (laughs) this was Colorado and humidity is not a thing in that state. And then, Holly, the drumming Mm. started. The drumming. Very, very faint. And it was coming from behind my head like inside my coat closet, echoing, but getting louder and louder as if something had a long flight of stairs it was climbing, and knew I was there and it was coming for me. Like out of hell, Carol? You know, it was like a scene from Lord of the Rings. You know, like the mines of Moria, where all the orc are finally running up to get them. Was Gollum in your closet? My senses were heightened, and my eyes could see perfectly in the dark. I focused on a street lamp outside my window, and I tried to listen beyond the drumming. And I could hear several things, excited whispering all around me, and I couldn't make out the words, but it seemed to be almost devious in nature, as if plotting my demise. And someone through the wall next to me was breathing. Oh. So I had this, like, super hypersensitive awareness to sounds. Yeah. I also heard this muffled shifting, which I knew was my friend Beth in the next room over. She was just settling into her bed from pulling an all-night studying session that I knew she was going to have. And Beth was always up late, so I knew if I could just muster a small sound, she would probably come help me. But my vocal cords were frozen. And you're a singer, so that's really bad. Oh, yeah. I couldn't (laughs) breathe. I couldn't sing. And yes, my life was over. Mm. I felt like a giant weight was sitting on my chest. And on top of all this, a putrid smell was under my nose as well. Oh, wow. You know what it felt like? It felt like something was just like suctioning off my breath every time I tried to breathe in or out. It was kind of like a soul sucker or shit. What's that word I'm looking for? 
Dementor. A Dementor. <laughs> yes, wrong. You lose the game. Gollum. No, you lose the game. We're talking about Dementors now. Okay. I knew the closet door was going to open any second. They were coming to take me away. Also, I could hear the doorknob just slightly vibrating. Mm-mm. Because at this point, the drumming was so loud, it was making my ears throb. Oh, my God. I was in such a panicky state, the urgency of knowing I was going to die if I couldn't breathe or get the hell out of there. I wonder if everybody feels that way when they're in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Road trip. Let's go find out. <laughs> Road trip. But just then my elbow twitched and moved just a tiny bit against the wall. So I focused again with all my might and I banged my elbow again. But it made just a little sound. It was just a pitiful movement. So with what seemed like hours and all my might, I tried to roll myself off the bed. And next thing I know, the door to the hall is in front of me. But I would have to pass by that closet first. No. With I the think sound. I, I think I would just choose death at that point. <laughs> and I tried to crawl to the door. So imagine seeing somebody in slow motion. That is what it was like. Every Ugh. movement was agony and Ugh. required enormous effort Ugh. just to move a little bit closer. And every time I was crawling, I was just praying for help. And the street lamp outside suddenly flooded my room with all of its light as if the sun was rising in all its glory. Well, probably because it was already daylight by that time. I had been struggling for what seemed forever. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was aware of beings in my room now, and mm-hmm. I could sense them watching me. But I couldn't turn my head, and the door kept moving farther away from me as I crawled toward it. It's like that scene in Poltergeist where she's running down the hall to her, her kid's bedroom and it gets really oh long. Oh my God, it's exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, So many movie references with, yeah. my, with my experience. Yeah. How terrifying. But finally for me, knowing time was up, I just started crying tears. And in that moment when I realized I was crying... I knew I was going to be free, and somehow I found myself standing in front of the door with so much forward energy, I came crashing forward out of the door into the hall and collapsing into a shocked newspaper boy making (laughs) his early morning rounds in the dorm. Yes, people, in college, we used to get their news this way before the internet. (laughs) You're really dating yourself. Oh, shit, I know. Maybe we should cut that, Josh. But you know what? I'm really just a millennial, I promise. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, though, the paper boy usually comes to deliver papers at like four or five in the morning, which means you laid there all night like that. I know. Ugh. That's terrifying. That is that is terrifying. And that also is terrifying for Beth because she really did stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, I love you if you're listening. <laughs> so anyway, my friend Beth, who obviously had not gone to sleep yet, also opened her door hearing the commotion and found me on the floor with the paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Carol, not again. Seriously, take him into your room if you're going to do that. I know. Come on. It's morning time. I know how much you love your news. <laughs> we, we can't have you on the front page of the college news again, Carol. I don't remember what I said to her, but something so terrifying that she and the newspaper boy both got me to the school infirmary telling them I was talking nonsense and was delirious. Oh, wow. So here, here's the punchline. Hmm. After being admitted and having blood tests done, I was told... I would need to drop out of all of my classes for that semester because I had, what's the word I'm looking for? A dementor. What's the word I'm looking for? Mono. 
No, rabies. <laughs> oh my God, rabies. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you had white foam coming out of no, your mouth? No. <laughs> Josh, you Unrelated. got it. Josh, you guessed it. I oh, had, mono. I had influenza B and mononucleosis together. Two whammies. I thought you had a Dementor. From Kissing yeah. the Paper Boy? That's what it no, was. No, it, that probably, yeah. Who knows if it came first or after? <laughs> <laughs> Mono can move really quickly if you don't, if not careful. But I will just say, I'm really proud. I did not take their advice and drop out. I just got piss poor grades that semester. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. That's right. <laughs> I will try and get the lowest GPA here yeah, in yeah. college. You're not going to tell me to drop out. I'm an out. overachiever. <laughs> Well, what I just described is an experience about 30% of the population have had or will have in their lifetime. But here's the thing. Only 5% have sleep paralysis with accompanied auditory and visual hallucinations. So I was lucky. I got both. <laughs> <laughs> lucky girl. And there are also those who somehow won the terror lottery to have these repeated occurrences of sleep paralysis three or four times a month. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I would do. I could not handle that. Now, scientific descriptions say this experience occurs during REM, rapid eye movement, period of sleep. And this REM stage is where the body's motor responses are disabled. This is so we don't act out our dreams and end up hurting ourselves or others around us. But the issue through this is that sometimes this process malfunctions and our minds become awake while the dreaming is still occurring. But unlike lucid dreaming, where you can become conscious and stay in the dream world and are able to direct the dream, sleep paralysis is literally a waking nightmare. And the mind is unable to direct the dream or command the body, making it a very dark and disturbing experience due to the release of the fight and flight instincts from our amygdala when we realize the fact that we are paralyzed. I hope I never have to experience that. You don't. Scientists now theorize many alien abduction stories might just be a sleep paralysis experience. But like the saying goes, is it the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken? Meaning, are aliens using this opportunity when we're paralyzed in our sleep state to do nasty things to us? (laughs) Or is it far worse? Many people report a strange phenomenon of an entity called the old hag. Yes, I've heard of the old hag syndrome. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. It is an interesting experience to me that everyone would hallucinate a similar figure appearing in this paralyzed state. The old hag or the sleep demon has been told in cultures around the world for a very long time and in almost all cases appears during sleep paralysis. This entity was even painted in the famous picture called The Nightmare by artist Henry Fuseli in 1781. Mm. The old hag is often described as having an old wrinkly witch face and compact troll-like body that likes to climb up and sit on your chest or into the bed while you're having this experience. Others report seeing a shadowy, menacing entity floating right above them, or just seeing demonic creatures or alien-like figures. That's unusual. I thought that was a normal thing to see that stuff. Because <laughs> you do that all the time. All the time. That's just, you know, a normal night for Holly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After her three hits of acid. Yeah, my, my meth pipe. And I, I roll in for the night. <laughs> so maybe that putrid smell under my nose was literally a kiss of death from the old hag sitting on me, breathing that diseased air. I thought you were going to say it was must, must have been your meth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that you were smelling. Must have been. 
In almost all cases, people report intense fear and feeling that this creature means to do them harm, and many report also being physically touched. Now, I didn't have that experience, thank God. And I, w- some- I wouldn't mind that experience. <laughs> <laughs> and some say when they pray, the fear subsides and they are released from the frozen state, and others just mentally sing the song, let it go, and that also seems to work. Okay, that's a Wait, joke. That guy's gonna say, huh? <laughs> no. That would make you that would make the old hag actually kill you, I, I think. I, yeah. Yeah. Please don't yeah. do that. No. Terror tip number two. If you're frozen, <laughs> don't sing the theme don't song the theme. from Frozen. And you know, Holly, I used to teach lucid dreaming classes. I know, I took a class from you <laughs> back in the day. Yes, you did. And supposedly there is a way to use this experience of sleep paralysis to launch yourself into a lucid dream. If you ever find yourself in this state, Try to close your eyes. So the first mistake is opening your eyes. So just close your eyes. Calm your fear, telling yourself you're dreaming. Over and over, you're dreaming. Now, if you're super calm, focused, and you can block out all the heavy breathing, the drums pounding, (laughs) the aliens or demons sitting on your chest, the fact that you can't move anything, and that you possibly have a meth pipe sitting next to you. (laughs) You can possibly convert this experience into a wonderful flying dream, or possibly a dream where your hot sauna suffocating your breath turns out to be a hot day on a beach in Florida. Florida. But this would not be my preferable method to induce a lucid dream because, well, there are easier ways to do that. And Holly, what if there really is a hag or other demonic creature sitting on your chest? Okay, I think that there is. Because the reason I think that is that everyone reports seeing the same type of thing. Right. And that's not like a, that's like a shared mental issue that has gone over the centuries. It so has. I think the old hag actually exists and she goes and terrorizes people. I love that sort of thinking because yeah. that's right along my what you think too my theory too yeah. yes and well you've heard the term riding the witch or the devil on your back i've heard devil on your back but i don't think i've heard riding the witch let me just say that phrase started from all those who are stomach sleepers and uh when i read stories about their experience it's not anything i can repeat here on this podcast. oh uh-oh <laughs> they're pretty sexy they're- sexy hot um, I guess you could call it <laughs> painful, painful. Oh, like a to experience. probe situation? Yes. Oh, yeah. That could be where those stories originated Ew. from. Mm-hmm. Ew. Now, for your enjoyment. Yes. I have a couple other frightening stories to share of people's sleep paralysis experience. Great. Hi, we're Eliza, Allison, and Carlin, and we're the hosts of Resolved Mysteries Podcast. Our podcast follows the 80s and 90s television show Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by Robert Stack. We have a love for true crime and the unsolved. If you don't remember Unsolved Mysteries, we forgive you, but you don't have to know to get into our show. If you like true crime stuff, ghost stuff, alien stuff, or just stories about weird shit like Bigfoot, this is your podcast. The stories we cover range from totally ridiculous to truly heartbreaking. We do detailed research on all of the segments that Unsolved Mysteries aired, then drink some wine and give you the latest updates on every case. We talk about stories that will leave you laughing, crying, and occasionally outraged. Resolve Mysteries podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite pods. Join us and perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Now, this story comes from Aaron with no last name. 
who posted a reader comment on a YouTube video by Shaman Oaks, who also has a terrifying sleep paralysis story. So I'll post a link to his site on the podcast credits so you can go enjoy it. Okay. But Aaron, no last name, comments, I had the old hag visit me once about a year ago, and I get sleep paralysis as frequent as six to seven times a year. However, when I saw her, she had no eyes, a black tongue, and rotten teeth. Ew. Also, she had her arms around my neck while I was on my back. The last thing I remember her telling me was, I'll come back for you soon. And then I broke out of the torture in a pool of sweat and my right leg kicking the bedroom wall. And one Reddit poster who goes by the name Grundelug states, a few reoccurring characters are a banshee in my room screaming at me in some sort of demonic multi-voice, a little girl who walks up to me and resets my sleep paralysis and puts me back into my nightmares. I'm usually up for the rest of the night if I get a visit from either of those two. That little bitch. But I get them quite frequently while stressed, and then skeletons always walk past my door, dead people staring at me from my window. I don't know why most of my sleep paralysis experiences are centered around dead, rotting things, but they are. I'm a 34-year-old man. I don't know why little ghost girls scare me. A lot of people, they say your fear creates the worst thing. Like I read this one story where somebody had a sleep paralysis experience and their biggest fear is spiders. So they woke up and they knew that they weren't dreaming. They were fully awake and there were spiders uh, sitting on their okay. chest. We have to stop talking about um, this right it, now because it, if that ever happens to me, I'm going to fucking die. It, Yeah, they said they almost had a heart attack. Oh my God. It was so scary oh to them. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then Jane Owen posts her story on liveabout.com. She kneels on my chest and stares into my face, slowly getting nearer and nearer. I'm completely terrified. She wears a black cloak and hood. Her face is like a witch and evil generates from her. Other times I can be lying on my stomach. Oh, ho, ho. this is the one I could tell. And she will creep her hand up the back of my head, down my face, and hook her fingers under the top of my teeth and pull my head back. Uh. Other times, she will bite me, sit on the bed, knock the door, knock at the door, call my name, and generally scare the living crap out of me. How can anyone explain this? That's terrifying. And then we also have a very special guest with us today. That's right. We sure do. Do you want to introduce her? Her name is Alicia from our wonderful favorite murder, murder in the rain. crime podcast. Our sister show. Murder in the Rain. Murder in the Rain. Hi, Alicia. Hi, I'm so happy to be here as well. Yes, this is fun. We've, yes. We've known each other like for about a year, maybe two, and this is the first time we've had you come on, so this I is know. great. Just, yeah. a, just the start of our cross-collaboration. Yeah. Yes. And yes. you know, you are our very first guest. There you go. You're <gasps> popping that our cherry. Oh my gosh, what an honor. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, we are honored exciting. to have you. We're going to yeah. smoke a cigarette when this is over. As long as, <laughs> as long as your story is super scary. You're welcome anytime. No pressure. <laughs> Just elaborate as much as you want. <laughs> so the first time I ever experienced, I think I had maybe heard of it, but didn't really register. It was like, oh, whatever. I was living in Vancouver. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. Me, too. So this would have been ballpark 2009, probably. And it was summertime, so I was home, and my boyfriend at the time had left for work. And my routine, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, and my routine for my summer was I'd wake up around 8 a.m. It really hasn't changed that much, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> I would wake up around 8 or 9, and I'd turn on Golden Girls, because obviously. Yes. So I'm laying there, I turn on Golden Girls, and I start dozing off. But it was pretty late into summer, so, you know, it was 
where those mornings are already hot, you know, where it's just like, oh, it's, it's going to be a hot day. By 9 a.m., it's already gross. Yeah. So I'm laying in bed. The window is to my left, and the shades are kind of open. I can see the light coming through. In front of me is the TV, and to the right of the TV is the door to the bedroom. And realize I kind of doze off, just kind of one of those mid-morning naps, you know. I go to try to wake up later. It had been probably an hour, and I could sense with... You know, through my eyelids, you know, when you can still see light. Yeah. And I could tell where the light was coming in from the window. And I could hear the episode of Golden Girls. So I heard the TV going. And then I kind of looked to the door. And there was this figure of this man who was pretty much the size of the door. And he had a really large hat almost like a big brim door it's Dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> and like a silhouette of coat basically jeepers creepers actually I mean Ew. really was just kind of the big hat and the and the jacket and I I laid there and I couldn't see with my eyes open and I couldn't move and I thought oh my god this is it my boyfriend is gone this is what I've always feared there's someone in my house and they've are, they've done something to me. I thought, oh, I was asleep and they injected me with something. Oh my God. And now they're going to come in and do who knows what to my body That'll now that so I can't scary. move. That would be so scary. And I just lay there and I felt my heart starting to race and just panicking going, what has this person already done to me? What are they going to do? They're going to walk into the room. And they just stood at the doorway, stood at the doorway. And then I thought, maybe they think I'm still sleeping. So I'll just lay here and continue to act like I'm sleeping and maybe they'll give up and walk away or something. And in my brain, I could feel like I can't move there's something wrong that I can't move can't move and and if you've ever experienced it it's a strength or this power that comes from you that you almost don't even know is in you it's every ounce of power and muscle that you have trying to get out of it just pushing pushing that's what Carol said too yeah oh you've had it oh my god yeah so it's it's an insane you feel like if I were awake I could pick up a car right now I'm pushing so hard And so I just start doing that. And then, um, you know, that feeling like coming out of water and you're just like, (gasps) and it it clicks and your brain clicks back into what your body's supposed to be doing and everything wakes up how it's supposed to. And, you know, I'm immediately ready to deal with this guy in the door. And then by the time my eyes are open, there's no guy in the door. And, you know, so it's just, it was the most bizarre thing. And you're just shaking and (gasps) like, it's the craziest feeling. It is, and there's almost like... (laughs) this really bizarre adrenaline rush to it. Right. That sometimes afterwards I'm like, oh, that was almost fun to be that scared. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like not when you're in it, but after you're like, oh, I just feel like I just had the best roller coaster, scary movie moment of my life. Like it's really kind of. It's like like being trapped in a nightmare. Yeah. It's definitely one of the top, you know, experiences of fear that you could ever have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's so unworldly and if you haven't had it you don't want it you won't get it yeah please don't get it understand and then if you have had it it's like oh yeah i know i I, yeah we should just have the sleep paralysis uh therapy club (laughs) (laughs) start it i'm assuming did you guys bring up the the documentary the nightmare no please tell us about that okay so um i actually met that director director at a film festival and i went up to him and i was like I just, I know, I'm sorry to bug you. And he's so nice. And I'm so sorry I'm blanking his name right Rodney now. Rodney Asher. There it is. And uh, he was showing another film. And I went up to him and I was just like, I just want to thank you. I have used your film to show people what I experienced so many times. He goes, 
Oh my gosh. So many people tell me that. And I feel honored to have like gotten to make something that is so helpful for, he was so kind. So it's this documentary where he follows a handful of people that experience all different levels. One guy, I don't even know if it qualifies as sleep paralysis because it's full on. He's calling people on the phone and he's leaving his house and he, he's like really physically involved, which I'm like, is that sleep paralysis? Um, and other people where it's like every night it happens and it's this in- intense stuff. And I think it's like the second or third story that and they do reenactments and they show the girl sleeping in the room. She can feel the light is on. And then this guy walks in. I'm like, oh, my God, that's almost exactly what mine felt like. So. so- I wanted to ask you, Alicia, was it your impression, like, because you've heard of alien abduction stories, mm. and you've heard the theory of that could possibly explain why oh, some right. people feel that they have been abducted is by going through this oh, experience. okay. Did you feel like when you were there that you felt like this evil was possibly in the room with you that could be wanting to take you away? Not so much taking me away. With the first one, it really, I really thought, here's here's the bad guy. Here's that bad guy that you have always heard of sure. and you're always scared of. Yeah. And he's here. Yeah. Um, and then after that, and I think my mom had experienced it a couple times, so I'd mentioned it to her. She goes, oh, that's sleep paralysis, and that's what that is. I'm so sorry, you know. Um, so it really was, after that, I went on a spiral studying it and understanding, going, oh, okay, that's what that is. Um. So I've only had it a couple more times where I've seen a figure, but I've always been so aware of where I am. Like I can usually tell who if I'm like laying next to someone and I feel I don't know if you've done where you're trying to scream for them to Mm -hmm. get you and you're like and you but then you can hear yourself and you get so pissed because you're like, okay, I'm going to scream with all my might and they will definitely hear it and they'll wake me up and save me. And you're like. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing comes out. It's the out. saddest sound. You can't get like, any oh, noise they're out. they're not going to hear any of that. And you can't even move your arm. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's the worst. Gotcha. So I, I've, I've always been so, I could see where that, where people could definitely take, especially if you don't look into it. And then, you know, for me, I find comfort in the science of it of, oh, it's this happens with your brain and it disconnects from that. Well, mm. okay, that makes sense. It doesn't really make sense why I see scary people, but okay. Right. That's the part that throws <laughs> me is that why are you seeing scary like an old hat? Well, and everyone seems dark... to hallucinate the same type of That's why we think there's maybe time. some kind of actual thing that you're well, And it could be into. because I had Ooh. not, I mean, I again, I had kind of heard of it. I had not yeah. heard detail about Oh, you see a figure. I hadn't watched the documentary wasn't even out yet. So yeah. I didn't know, oh, that's what that looks like. So it wasn't this recreation I had, yeah. had of a nightmare or anything. It was just that's this is what's happening. And I was able to narrow down 90% of the time. I, I haven't had I don't have it that often, which I'm very lucky. But most often it's if I'm overheated. Oh. So it happened to me once when I was camping and it was the same thing where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go take a nap. And I got too hot and I knew where I was and I was trying to like shake the tent and of course nothing's happening. But um, so it's just that overheated feeling when you're sleeping. Huh. That tends yeah. to do it for me more. I know for yeah. some people it's like if you talk about it, it's going to like I might have or it happen stress tonight. Or stress or something. It, yeah. 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 So the heat thing's the only thing I found that is almost always a common factor. I've only had it once where I was really cold. But How many times um, do you would you say you've done that's happened to you? I probably only about 10 times or so. Oh, my God. That's still that's a, that's <laughs> a lot in my that opinion. That is a but lot. Yeah. So like. How many have you had? Once. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Just that one time. And it was so terrifying. I wrote it word for word down. And like that was it. The um the scariest thing about that documentary to me was that they said 
that just hearing about it or seeing images regarding sleep paralysis can give you it. Yes. That's what I'm that worried so about. so scary. I am. Not, every time I talk about it, it's like, I know. I'm just like, here we go. That spider story freaked me out. It's like they're listening, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. You're you want open some to this? of this? You want this? You're right there. I kind of want to watch it, but I also kind of don't because I don't want to open myself up to having. <laughs> yeah, experience. you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I mean, I again, I didn't really know anything about it, and it just happened. So yeah, it's only about once a year, and again, huh. just kind of depends on stress and weather. Yeah, and stuff. but yeah, um, I've had times where it's you know that feeling when you're starting to fall asleep and you yes. know, you're aware you're falling asleep. Yeah, I've had that with sleep paralysis a couple times where I'm in that state and I feel it happening, and I'm like okay, I just got to pull myself. And so I can catch it before it goes full on, you know, oh, into wow. it. You know, watching something is never the same as experiencing it. But yeah, it's a it's a wild thing and it's, it's a such scary a thing. And it's almost like part of you thinks, oh, if if this time takes, is it going to kill stay? you? Or something? Yeah, because it's like, why is it scary? Okay, it's scary because you can't move. And, like, you know, but it's like, I've been okay every time. It only lasts for a minute or two. And it's so, and when I feel it happening, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, no, 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 no. And you can catch it. Or if it's, if you're in it, it's like, oh my God. And it's so scary. But it's like, why? What makes that so scary? Besides uh, the inherent fear of <laughs> not having control of your own body, but, right. and being actually paralyzed. But, you know, outside of that, it's like, I'm going to be okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alicia. Thanks, that Alicia. That was really cool. Story. That was a great story. Thank well, you. thanks. I'm happy yeah. to be on. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And if you guys haven't checked out Murder in the Rain yet, definitely check them out. Definitely they do. Um, are amazing. And Just some really great they stories. will really creep you out with their stories. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Very good. Thank you so much. So the question you're probably asking me right now, Holly. Mm-hmm. Is, why are you on drugs, Carol? Oh, no. <laughs> Besides that, has anyone died from sleep paralysis? Has anyone died from sleep thank paralysis? You. Well, thank you for asking that question, Holly. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, in theory, no. But there was a strange case reported back in 1977 through 1982 when 117 Laotian immigrants, mainly men in their early 30s, were all mysteriously dying in their sleep. Doctors were really confused because they couldn't put their finger on what was causing this massive dying epidemic in these South Asian men, who seemingly were perfectly healthy. So they came up with a phrase called sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Medical anthropologist Shelley Adler has written a book called Sleep Paralysis, and in this book, she makes a case that these deaths may have been triggered by these men's belief in what they called the Dobsog, which is their version of the hag, or a demon that visits in the night and smothers them to death when they're paralyzed. This belief is widely accepted as a common occurrence in their culture, and when Adler interviewed other Laotians as to what they thought was the cause of this mysterious sudden death syndrome, many said they believed it was the sleep demon and described their own sleep paralysis experiences. Doctors say more than likely it was a combination of an unknown genetic heart anomaly and the intense fear that caused the deaths. But because there is no real compelling health evidence, it remains a scary possibility that the hag was involved. Oh, there she is. So, no, you can't really die unless your fear is so great and you have already a predisposition for heart failure or... Your house catches on fire, you're frozen, you're unable to escape in time, or a real killer standing over you with a knife and you think it's just a dream, and so then, yes, I guess you can die. 
I do know that when you you sometimes crash in an airplane and you're falling, that it rips off your clothes, which that would be the most scary thing to me. Really? People finding me naked in a field. <laughs> That's the scariest thing to you. Again. When you have this paralysis experience. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. This is a shit show already. <laughs> Hope somebody finds you like the paper boy and get, go, gives you finds gives you, you naked a, finds you naked and gives you a ride to the infirmary. I bet he gives you a ride. Oh God! My mother listens to this, so Josh, stop bringing it down. A that notch, explains okay? a lot. Well, let me just say that phrase started from all those stomach sleepers out there that think that they could have gotten away with. You know? <laughs> okay, we can't stop. You guys, let me just say that. <laughs> yes, please tell us what's funny. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you guys want to hear a fun fact about that, uh, the, the Laotians? Yeah. Uh, that's That story, that, that incident, or those incidents were the, the inspiration for Wes Craven to write A Nightmare on Elm Street. <gasps> really? I like that. That is, I can't believe you know that. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com, and you may hear it on a future episode.